J.C. Corcoran Podcast. As I understand it, when you wrote Airplane and actually sent it to the agents to be distributed to people like Robert Stack and Lloyd Bridges and Peter Graves and people like that, that they read it and they didn't get it. And they were like, well, you want comedy actors to do yeah. this. You don't want real actors. I remember we, we met with Peter Graves and he said, well, the script is very funny. My, my kids think it's funny and everything. <laughs> and uh, But why do you want me? Why don't you get uh, uh, Harvey Corman or Don DeLuise? Those are the reigning comedy kings <laughs> Harvey of the time. Corman. And so we said, uh, Peter, no, no, you are the joke. Leslie was the one guy, he really got it. In mm -hmm. fact, he later told us, he told his agent, I don't care what you do, but get me this movie. I will do it for nothing. I will pay them. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. You are at jconthelinecom Man, am I getting tired. I'm getting exhausted. Went from not doing too much to just doing everything now. Just finished off the radio show a little while ago, and here we are with the podcast. And again, the way it works is I go on the air at 5.30 every morning. We go till about 9. We start a thing called The Cruise, 101 minutes of commercial-free music, which is real nice, by the way. It goes to like 10.40, so no commercials and almost no interruptions. Just pop on every once in a while, remind everybody what you're listening to, and uh, and then I start working on the podcast. And so here we go. But the fog this morning, something wrong this week. Yesterday morning, we had all the heavy rain and the slick roads and everything, and uh, today it's fog, but... It's going to give away to a beautiful afternoon, a high about 82. And if you've got tickets for the ball game tonight, you are in very, very good shape. Cardinals could have used some of the 18 runs they put up against the Brewers the other night and saved a few for last night, 3-2 the final. Now, this Matt Libertor story is interesting. He's been up, he's been down, he's been up, he's been down. He just got called back up, and he gets the start tonight against the Brewers and Corbin Burns, which is like... Not good, but he can be gotten to. He can be gotten to. It's just, you know, a lot harder. And yesterday, I just sort of laughed off this whole business about there supposedly being some sort of romance between Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady. Maybe we shouldn't have laughed it off because now word comes that she's looking for a place near Tom's summer home in the Bahamas. Now, that's right next to the Ocean Club. If you've ever been to Paradise Island, you've probably seen the signs for the Ocean Club. I've never stayed there. Everybody I've ever known that stayed there was really rich or show business celebrity or something like that. I stayed, you know, a little bit down the beach from there. Is the boathouse still there? I haven't been to the Bahamas in a while, in many, many years. I just like going to Jamaica over and over again, so I haven't been back to the Bahamas. But there was a, a restaurant there. That's where we ran into Regis Philbin at the, the boathouse. Bahamas are nice, too, if you can stand a lot of people with New Jersey accents and tramp stamps and a lot of D's, Dem, and Do's stuff. But, you know, the island is nice. The water. I mean, the first time you go to the Caribbean and you see that water, you're like, how come all water doesn't look like this? And of course, you already know the answer, but you don't need me to bring it back up. But I enjoyed the times that we went to the Bahamas. 
not as good as you know other places, but it's it's still nice and it's relatively inexpensive as these trips tend to go. Now Martha Stewart continues to cause attention to be directed in her way, which is the name of the game, I guess. But it continues that conversation about eighty-one. And again, does she look good for eighty-one? Absolutely. Are you kidding? She looks fabulous for eighty-one, but she's still eighty-one. It's an old saying that I've always liked. One of the ways of appearing smart is knowing what you're dumb at. And one of the ways of appearing attractive is covering up as much as possible. <laughs> and at 81, it's, I'm sorry, it's a good idea, I'm afraid. And I'm going to look like that one of these days, too. So I'm not judging. Speaking of judging, Aaron Judge. The Toronto Blue Jays announcers last night were like, he's looking at the dugout. He's looking at the dugout. He's getting signs. And they hit a home run. They're like, yeah, see, they're giving him signs. Well, look into the dugout anyhow. Maybe he's just a really, really good hitter. Back to the weather for a minute, and there's a strong El Nino developing. And I wish I understood the La Nina and El Nino thing better than I do. But all I know is that apparently what this means is, even though this is only May, the very, very strong El Nino, one of the strongest ones they've ever seen. As a matter of fact, this has to do with the warming of the temperatures off the coast of South America, actually sort of like from South America to Central America, but that's only latitudinally. We're talking about way out in the ocean. In other words, I've already screwed the explanation up. Anyhow, I think what it means is the winters are more severe with more storms and more snow, which is sort of weird. Something happening in May is going to affect what happens in November and December and January, but that's what they say. Depending on how much rain we get in the spring, for example, that determines whether, as you're going up the Great River Road towards Paramaquette State Park, you know, during the, the, the fall to look at the uh, bright fall colors, if you have a lot of water, a lot of rain in the spring, those colors tend to be much more vibrant. If you have a dry spring, supposedly the colors aren't as vibrant. Lauren Boebert's getting a divorce. What could possibly have gone wrong in that relationship? And here's a person, what is she, like 36, going to become a grandmother already? That's how we do it out west here. And that, that conversation continues as to whether or not she's hot. And I'm sorry, because that conversation got going during the whole Casey Anthony thing, too. The uh, woman down in Florida who killed her like three-year-old daughter, put her in a suitcase, left her in a swamp, and then got off, remarkably. And was she good-looking? Yeah, sort of at the time she was okay. If you didn't know she was a murderer, I'm sorry. She might be the hottest person since Emily Ratajkowski. But if I know you've killed a child, believe it or not, it makes you less hot. And Lauren Boebert, knowing she's absolutely batshit crazy. Cannes Film Festival is going on right now in France. Leonardo DiCaprio shows up there, of course. Harrison Ford pitching that last Indiana Jones movie. And again, a lot of people in show business trying to get attention. I mean, it's one thing if you're Harrison Ford, you show up, oh yeah, look at that, here he is. But you get all these wannabes who try to figure out some way to get attention. And dressing half naked usually does a pretty good job. Yesterday afternoon, an interesting thing happened in New York as it applies to St. Louis. Now, everybody knows the broadcast industry is in shambles. This is one of these things where people are chirping at me, going, that's a pretty little station you got there, JC. I'm like, yeah, it is little. And you know what else it is? Not owned by corporate goons who are sitting 2,000 miles away in a fancy office and just look at your name and a salary next to it and just draw a name through it. And they don't even know who you are. 
And that happens all the time. And the radio stations that are still in existence right now are all just getting their asses handed to them in terms of employee benefits. You work at one of those big stations like, okay, fine, you're booming out on a big station. You're playing the same 350 songs over and over and over again. The management is all over you. They don't let you, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about anything. As a matter of fact, shut up and get back into the music. And I don't think a raise has been handed out in five or 10 years. All people are doing is cutting, cutting, cutting. You go to work every day at one of those big stations. You don't even know if your stuff is going to be in a box waiting for you when you get into work. So we got this uh, little station that could, the little station that could, K-Wolf, 101.5 in St. Louis, 101.7 West and beyond, and hope you're getting a chance to hear all that. But anyhow, the company that owns KMOX is called Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. And yesterday afternoon, they were delisted by the New York Stock Exchange because their stock dropped to below, what they say, something like a fraction of nine cents. I don't want to just tell us what the fraction is, but it was like, (laughs) your stock (laughs) is worth nine cents a share. (coughs) And stupidly, the people on Wall Street are looking for something with a little more value. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Well, they do have a helicopter. They had a helicopter for some of the radio stations we were at. Back on this date, 1986, they used to do this every year. I would drive out to Spirit of St. Louis Airport on a Friday night, and Captain Bill Huska would pick me up. I'd park my car, and I'd hop in the helicopter. It's already dark at night, and we would be flying over these uh, Missouri foothills. You'd be looking down, and it's nothing but trees. It was a little on the scary side. And then off on the horizon, you would see the whites of Six Flags. And Captain Bill would land the helicopter behind the stage. I would run out on stage, say hello to everybody. And of course, they had already seen the helicopter come in. So they figured something important was going to happen. Little did they know it was just me. (laughs) But, you know, everybody had seen the Woodstock movie. So they see a helicopter coming into a concert venue and they just figure it's going to be, you know, Paul McCartney or something. In this case, it was Blue Oyster Cult. And I would run out on stage, and it's senior night. That's what was going on. I've seniors, and I've seniors. I made a dumb joke like that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Just get the band out here, which I did. I would say Blue Oyster Cult, and then I would go backstage, hop on the helicopter, fly back, pick up my car, and drive home. And I got paid for that. I used to do that every year for a couple of years. That was the same day in 1986 that uh, when uh, Channel 5 used to still have the Cardinal games, their pregame show was called Cardinal Control. Cardinal Control. And they said, you know, since you got this enormously popular radio show, it's 1986, you know, we're doing the morning zoo, and and since John is the stadium announcer, and he'd only been doing that for a handful of years at that point, we're going to come in and we're going to do a feature on you that's going to run before the Cardinal game on Friday night. We're like, sure, we'll take all the publicity we can get. So sure enough, they sent a camera crew in, and I don't <laughs> I don't think they knew what they were going to see when they got there, you know, because nobody ever did television stories about people like us. They just kept going into KMOX and interviewing Bob Hyland and interviewing, I don't know, Jim White or something like that. And, you know, everybody's wearing shirts and ties and everything's really, really buttoned down. And it almost looked like, you know, like, like you were walking into a bank and they show up for us and i i made a bet with john the day before i said i'm gonna wear my swimsuit tomorrow and i guess he forgot about it because he came into work that morning we were they were just gonna shoot us while we're on the air 
You know, they're going to shoot the story while we're doing it. They're going to capture the essence of what it's like to be in the studio when JC and the U-Man are doing the doing the radio show. And I guess John forgot that I had made him a bet about wearing swimming trunks. And I had my, and when he saw it, he started laughing. He had forgotten about it. But somewhere along the line, he found a uh, holster with some guns. You know, toy guns. It was like something you would get at Spencer Gifts for like $8, okay? Silver-plated, you know, plastic guns and a little gun belt. And he puts that on. And we're just running around the building, and the cameras are chasing us, and we're throwing stuff. So somehow they edited that in a manner that could be presented on television, ran it before the Cardinal game, and I think everybody on Earth saw it because we knew it was going to be on. We told people to watch it, and they all did. That's how big that show was back in 1986 and man did we pick up a lot of people on that day in 1991 i witnessed something that (laughs) you don't uh know what's going on when you enter a room with a movie star and in this particular case it was a movie called hudson hawk bruce willis andy mcdowell and uh, danny aiello and it was a dumb movie I think some studios, some movie critics named it the worst movie of the year, as a matter of fact. And there was this reporter from Miami. His name was Don something or other. Ah, can't remember the guy's name. But he had been on television for a long time, but he was a social clod. I mean, I think the guy meant well, but he would just get into a room and invariably would say something stupid or awkward or embarrassing to somebody. So when you do these uh, movie junkets, you know, you sit out in the hallway, you wait your turn. They give you a sheet of paper with all the, almost looks like a baseball schedule, you know, be here at 10.15 and you'll interview Andy McDowell and then at 10.30 you'll interview Bruce Willis and you just follow all this and you go back to the hospitality suite and uh, stuff some more shrimp in your face and, and get ready to do your job. So this Don guy from Miami is in the room with Andy McDowell before me. I'm sitting in the hallway. He comes out. I walk in and you can tell that something just happened that was not good and her face looked like she had fallen asleep in the sun at the beach. It was so red. And she's a very, very pretty and very, very nice woman who was trying to put whatever had just happened in there aside and greet me, but she was still clearly dealing with being very, very upset about something. Now, most people would have just said, "Mm, just do the interview and get the hell out, but not me. I'm Mr. Curious. So I asked her, "Uh, did something just happen in here? She goes, do you know that guy? I'm like, well, I know who he is. And she says, he just asked me if I was on my period. (laughs) And all I could think of is what part of the movie that he saw the night before made him curious about Andy McDowell's menstrual cycle. But I never forgot that. Oh, Jesus, are they mad at that guy that day? And on this date in 2014, knowing we were returning to the St. Louis area, we had our first open house at our house in Houston. People are, there's something wrong with the house. You've only been in it less than a year. I go, no, we moved down here. And then the radio station changed the format from classic rock to hip hop. So I'm getting out of this godforsaken town. I was not a fan of Houston, Texas. For one thing, too many Texans in that state. 
You know, if you pack your bags and you move to Chicago, there isn't anything up there that requires you to act like a quote-unquote Chicagoan. If you move to Wisconsin, you don't just start suddenly acting a certain way because you're in Wisconsin. But in Texas, the minute you cross the border, you got to start acting like you're from Texas. And you got to wear like cowboy boots and cowboy hats and go to rodeos. And I'm like, fuck this. Got the hell out. And it should be pointed out, I never went back. And I have no plans to go back. A lot of people have already opened their pools. A lot of people getting ready to open them. So they're open for the Memorial Day weekend. And then all the pools, the YMCA's and everything. The one I used to go to out in Chesterfield, that'll be opening up. It's a nice facility out there. I belong to a Facebook group that uh, takes questions about pool maintenance. They go, my water's green. What do I do? And they say, put more chlorine in. And then the next guy says, put less chlorine in. So at the end of the day, it doesn't do you any good at all. And then, of course, some wise guy will pop out and go, well, did something green swim in your pool? Is that why the water's green? Yeah, something green swam in my pool. But yesterday, there was one question that said, how do I keep wasps out of the pool? How do I keep wasps out of the pool? And people came up with various uh, concoctions of, you know, bug spray and nets and traps and just other ways to deal with wasps. Then, of course, my comment was, why don't you just invite your Jewish and Catholic friends to the pool? That'll get, that'll get rid of They didn't know. Okay. Oh, here's Dickhead again. Matt Seebeck, who's got a, a PR job with a soccer team in St. Louis. Matt Seebeck, who wrote really, really immature, damaging, nasty, irresponsible, reckless shit on his little website. Here he healthy is. Healthy animosity between the cities. Agreed. Whether yeah. you're talking, you know, Columbia, Missouri. About between uh, us and you. Okay. And this motherfucker, he gets a job with the soccer team and is popping up on television all the time. And people who don't remember that this guy's a giant dickhead might be watching Matt Seebeck, not knowing his backstory. Well, there it is. He registered the trademark uh, America Soccer Capital, which is, mm. you know, significant overreach and embellishment of the truth. <laughs> so what we've done is we've used this first match okay. here on Saturday night right. to reclaim I history. A, I got a match my ass in your face. Where was I? Oh, geez. Look at this. Here we go again. Breaking news from the BBC. Harry and Meghan in a near catastrophic car chase. This uh, Here's the quote. This relentless pursuit lasting over two hours resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two NYPD officers. The spokesman for Harry said in a statement, this guy's telling the story right now, apparently this happened in New York last night. Well, we're just getting uh, details are coming through right now, but it seems like this was a two-hour pursuit of Meghan, Harry, and uh, Meghan's mother across the streets in New York. It was a few near catastrophic collisions while the paparazzi were relentless literally pursuing them through the streets. We're learning that there were uh, as many as six blacked out vehicles involved in this pursuit of, of the couple. Uh, and the couple accepted a heightened level of attention when they're in the public. But this, they say, was just an unacceptable amount of
amount of intrusion into their lives and into their safety. Um, uh, a, a statement from a spokesman for the couple said, last night the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Mrs. Raglan were involved in a near catastrophic car crash at the hands of a ring of a highly aggressive uh, paparazzi. And of course, that brings up memories of uh, Prince Harry's late mother, Princess Diana, who was relentlessly pursued by the, uh, by the paparazzi. And that all culminated in that fatal car crash in Paris. So Boy, they're trying to kill her too. It's amazing. It's like the British tabloids are, you know, we're not trying to kill anybody, but if you end up getting killed as we're trying to take your picture, I'm sorry, that's got to be part of it because uh, you're, you know, you're famous. Again, maybe you can get off the case of Disney, off the case of partial birth abortion and stuff that doesn't apply to hardly anybody and maybe pass some laws that would be beneficial to all all of us huh just a suggestion for about two years now i've had the ukrainian flag hanging out in front of the house well not two years a little over a year because the war didn't start until then so whenever the war started i put up the flag seems like two years and people will ask me if i'm ukrainian or if i have relatives or something who live in ukraine does that why i have is that I mean is that the reason why i have the flag up no the reason i got the flag up is because i think everybody should have a flag up everybody should be aware of what's going on on this thing and i mean just if nothing else keeping the thought of what's happening to the ukraine people top of mind top of mind for everybody in this country i just think it's really important and it's not that it's even that much about ukraine although you know technically it is but you think putin is gonna stop you think Putin's going to stop? That dude is going west unless somebody stops him. Well, all along, you know, we've been hearing about this, you know, fear of a nuclear war. Uh, you don't want a nuclear war. And Putin obviously has been, you know, dropping little hints that it's not out of the question for him. Now, I don't know how this got past me because it's actually from last year, but I just found it when I watched it. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know anything any of this and it comes from bill maher's show like i said it was sometime last year and neil degrasse tyson was on now i can take this guy in small doses and i can understand if people are not crazy about him because there is a um it's so difficult to describe in his attempts to seem like he's not superior to us in any other way he comes off as seeming superior to us in pretty much all ways I mean, the guy is brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. But like I said, I can take him in small doses. But here's the thing. You know, we grew up, child of the 50s right here, duck and cover, all that sort of stuff. You know, you hide under our desks. We had to do drills. Just get the shit scared out of me during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And everybody remembers, you know, I mean, there's people walking around right now who were around during Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and they remember, and you've got the films and the videotapes, and you can see what nuclear war and nuclear technology can do. And especially, you know, we've all, you know it's that fallout. You have the initial blast, but then everything that happens after that, the old saying is the survivors of a nuclear holocaust will live to become envious of the people who were vaporized at the time of the initial blast. In other words, go ahead, you survived the initial nuclear attack, your problems have just begun. And so that's why this thing really caught my attention. It's about 3.35, Neil deGrasse Tyson on with Bill Maher, and as far as I'm concerned, shocking news, shocking revelation. If we can hit the asteroid, could we do that with nuclear weapons? Because it's getting a little chippy out there with Putin. And I don't, you know, 
I mean, I love Ukraine, but do I love them enough to get radiated? I, I, but you, I mean, can't, you can't do nothing, right? I mean, if, no, if in no. fact, there's a, a tactical nuke that's used by Putin, okay, obviously well, there needs to be a response. Okay, well, plus, plus modern nukes don't have the radiation problem, just to be clear. Really? You still blow to smithereens, but yeah, it's a different kind of weapon than the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Nuclear weapons, if they're exploded, don't have a radiation problem? N not if it's a hydrogen bombs, no. Not, not in the way that you, we used to have to worry about it with fallout and all the rest of that. What you really have to worry about is being vaporized, and after that, if you're not vaporized, blown to bits by the shockwave. That's a way bigger problem that you're going to have. <laughs> well, I'm not worried about that problem. No, you're not worried about that problem. I, I'm not. I mean, this is, this is news to okay, me. This is why it's great to have a scientist. Wait, wait just to be clear. No, yes, be clear. Just, because just, I want to just put on the table. The uh, nuclear weapons... They, exist, their very existence birthed the Cold War and all of the putting the world at as holding the world hostage for 60 years, okay, or 50 years it was. That, that's a travesty in the history of civilization. But what, what I want to say is there's a reaction to nukes that is a little bit out of proportion with what they actually do. Great. Be I want to hear this. Well, well, because, for example, okay, we talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki and you look at the death toll. And it was nuclear weapons, and everyone is reacting. But wait a minute. A few months earlier, in Tokyo, we had an overnight firebombing raid right. that killed more people yes. than the sum of both of those atomic Absolute. weapons. And, and in Dresden. Okay? And by the way, science went into that. If you bomb a circle of fire, then the middle of the circle is hotter than the outside. That rises. Air flows in, points all of the, 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 the fires inward, and you can, you can incinerate an entire area without having to actually blow up the area. So there's a lot of okay, tactical things. But the point is, the point is you, uh, it's, it's all not, I'm saying is, why, why are we I, specializing a conversation, focusing our conversation I, on, on nukes when there's so many other ways War kills people, know, but because, and why aren't we paying attention okay, to that? I, okay, I'll tell you why. You're going to outlaw okay, nukes, okay. outlaw war. Okay, okay. Well, no one's going to outlaw war. Well, then, then, then to okay, say, to, to not worry okay, about what's wait, going on okay, now and say, uh, now I'm going to worry right, about right, the nukes? Calm down. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Here, try the decaf. Sorry, sorry. sorry okay. <laughs> it's vulgar, so. No. Okay. No, I, here's why I'm worried. Yeah. I wasn't worried that Putin was going to send his entire ICBM arsenal over here and nuke America. If he did, I'd just kiss my ass goodbye. What I was worried about, and a lot of people are worried about, is, and I've heard this about India and Pakistan also, if they exchange their nuclear weapons, that the radiation in the atmosphere would come over here, would go all over the world, even if it was just a local exchange. Now you're telling me that that is well, not they, a worry? Well, if they use fission bombs, yes, that would be the case. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but, you know, it sounded like there was some good news buried in all of that. As long as you don't use the fission bombs. And like I said, small doses. If he had stopped... 15 seconds earlier. Oh, man, I got nothing. All right, let's do some birthdays here. Today, Andrea Kaur. Oh, do I love her. The Kaur's 49 today. Tony Parker, retired NBA point guard who used to exchange bodily fluids with Eva Longoria. 41. Derek Hough, six-time winner, Dancing with the Stars. 38. Trent Reznor. The genius behind Nine Inch Nails. Craig Ferguson. When is somebody going to give him another late night show? 
damn, that show is funny. And I want the pony, and I want Jeff, and I want all the same stuff. Craig Ferguson, 61 today. Enya, New Age Artist, 62. Sugar Ray Leonard, 67. And I love the story from 1965 where the FBI got involved in the song Louie Louie 58 years ago. And the FBI sitting there going, do you hear anything? I don't know. Play it again. Do you hear anything? I don't know. And they finally said, this song is uh, unintelligible. Regardless of what speed you play it at, we can't find anything dirty, so we can't call it pornographic because we can't hear anything clearly enough. These guys are mumbling. So, you know, that was the end of that. Somebody set fire to Tom Petty's house on this date, 1987. It was arson, and I don't think they ever found the guy. Almost a million dollars worth of damage, and it really fucked up Tom in the head. 33 years ago today, 1990, Kelsey Grammer sentenced to 30 days in jail and 10 days of picking up trash on the highway after failing to do an alcohol abuse course for his DWI. He was on TV with one of the top-rated shows of all time, playing Frasier Crane on Cheers at the time. And 24 years ago today, 1999, Alex Trebek got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And Alex actually stormed out of the ceremony when the proclamation was not phrased in the form of a question. And you saw that coming right down Market Street, didn't you? And with that, the J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, is in the can. We're here every weekday morning at 11 now, absolutely free. And please spread the word. We're back on the radio now in the morning, 5.30 till 9. And then the 101-minute uh, music thing we were talking about. 101.5 in the city, 101.7 west and beyond. And then here with the podcast at 11 every day. You can email me, jc at jconthelinecom Facebook, it's the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. Have a great day. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. Now you're telling me that that is well, not a Well, if they use fission bombs, yes, that would be the case. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> the J.C. Corcoran Podcast.